Hello, I'm Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO of Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a project of educators worldwide. And we have a special guest for us starting off this month of February on the topic of games, uh, often requested topic from our listeners. So we're gonna welcome Rose Toe, who is not only a proficient English language teacher who's currently working as a virtual English language fellow in Thailand, based out of Southern California. She is an expert teacher, teacher trainer, speaker, writer, and I'd love to welcome Rose Toe to join us. Thank you so much, Rose. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here today. I appreciate it. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Thanks. We really appreciate your time and talking to us today about games that you use for review activities. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? Can you explain, first of all, what do you mean by review activities? Well, I think that review activities comes under different names. Some people call them review, some people call them games. Other people prefer to call it learning activities, um, or in fact, just uh, feedback, feedback activities to uh, allow the teacher to understand if the teaching has been uh, taught in the class and whether the students understand it or not. So it comes under different names, but game sounds a little more exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> than learning yes. activities or review activities, yes. And you use them both for formal and informal assessments of your students? I, right, right. Um, it all depends on the content and how I plan to use it. Uh, it also depends on the type of student I have, whether they're very active or if they're the type of student that needs to be more motivated. So yes, yes, I will use it at the beginning of a class or near the end of a unit or near the end of class as well. Okay, super. And why do you think these review activities and games are so important? I think we need to engage our learners um, in a very active way. We don't want them to be passive in learning. I think all of us as teachers agree that um, there's nothing more than interactive uh, learning that will allow the learners to demonstrate what they've already learned or to allow them to ask questions and be part of the learning process in a very active way. And I think that's what we're looking for as teachers. And it's very important to do that. So yes, they're Definitely. not just review exercises only. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So could yeah. you share a couple of them with us for our listeners? I will. I will. Um, would you like me to start with the first one? Of course, that would be great. So can you start us off with the syllabus search? What does that entail? Yes, I can. The syllabus search looks a little bit like this. And this is where, for example, I show the students not just only the syllabus, they've had a chance to look at it. Once they've looked at it, then it's my turn to do a little uh, word search or a question search. I might ask them, so how many points will the final exam be? And then they have to remember what it is, or they might have to search on the syllabus. As simple as that, it's just a chance for me to make sure that they've read that syllabus. Um, I might even ask them a, a simple question like, where do you want to go if you want to go for writing help? You know, um, what happens if you plagiarize? You know, I'm going to pick out all the questions that I think are the most relevant for the syllabus search. And so it's really a review activity after I've already asked the students to look at the syllabus carefully. Yeah, yeah. so that's all it is. 
What percentage of your grade is participation? <laughs> well, let's see. There is a little bit for participation, but not for attendance, because I assume if they're going to participate, they are attending. Exactly. <laughs> With their camera on, if it's a virtual class. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what about a vocabulary wheel? That was another one that you had yes, shared? Yes, yes, that's right. Vocabulary wheel looks a little bit like this, and basically it's fairly straightforward. Um, I would put the vocabulary words uh, on, the, on the wheel itself. Here I've got a class list instead, because the vocabulary wheel can be used for so many things. I put my class list on here, and then I can choose the students that I want to answer a question. I might even put idioms, for example, that I've reviewed. And basically, you just press on the screen, gives you a little sound, and it tells you, hooray. <laughs> <laughs> it should give you, there you go. There's a hooray. <laughs> That's kind of fun. I know. That's very impressive, right? It's kind of a fun thing to do. And basically, I have put in all the idioms I've taught in the class, and I've put them on the wheel, and we've reviewed them and asked the students to spin the wheel and be able to describe the uh, English idiom that's put on the wheel. Um, I've also done regular vocabulary words that I just list, and I it randomly um, also is put on the wheel, and then the students will spin the wheel, or I will spin the wheel, and then they will answer accordingly. So it's just a fun way of doing a review activity. So it's called Great. the the wheel. Yeah, vocabulary wheel. Yes. And that you can find online. Does the wheel? Yes. Yes. Okay. What are a couple more review activities that you have that are games? Well, actually, I have one that is called the relay race. Um, and the relay race is in class. Uh, basically, the students would. Uh, take the information that's given to them and uh, they have to run up to the board and write the answer down. What's missing, the missing information. All right, and they, it's a relay race because the, the teams are broken up according to where the classroom is. Uh, when it comes to online, then we break the students up into groups. But before we break them up into groups, we give them the instructions. The instructions are, I'd like you to fill in the remainder of this story. Um, and we want you to do it within your small group online. So they actually have to do it in a very circular fashion. It doesn't sound as fun as it is in class where they literally team A will run up to the board and write something down on the whiteboard or well, chalk. And then the team B will go up and write the, you know, the remainder of the information that's needed. It is like a, a fill in the blank or even a gap activity. Some people call these gap activities. And I've just made it into a relay race. Uh, relay meaning one passes information to the other and carries it on till the assignment is complete. And I've done that with uh, elementary teachers, for example. And with elementary teachers, we might want to ask them to uh, share. Uh, you can see in front of you the little train that could. And the elementary, elementary teachers were reading this. And it says, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Faster and faster the train went. And down in the valley lay the city. And so after you look at that, you say, well, what does it look like in the city? And so then each one of them would describe what it might look like and fill in the information. So that can be several um, ways of not just testing um, for review, but also prediction and uh, being able to predict into the information that's given in the story before the actual ending of the story is read. 
Um, you can do that for review for a test, for example, where they've done some reading articles and they need to answer something like more recently I did um, something about the pandemic and they had to answer some questions um, such as, do you think it's good to be vaccinated? And in the article, it gave you reasons why you should and why, why some people might hesitate. And so some of them on team A would fill in the answers why you should be and team B would fill in why those who hesitated. And so they would have to run up if you were to say in a relay to fill in the information. And that tests whether or not they've done the article reading and whether they understood the concept. And that's a little bit different than the uh, relay for filling in the rest of a, a story that's missing an ending. Yeah. So I've just played around a little bit with it. That's all yeah, I've done. Yeah. I haven't I done anything new for, for that teachers haven't done. So it's a good reminder. Yeah. Great. How about T-Bone? That was another game you had shared with me. Right, right. I just made that up because to me, when you do a um, comparison contrast chart, um, you're, you're going to make it look like a big T, you know, because you're doing comparison on the left side and contrast on the right side. And so basically you are taking um, information that you've taken from an article that you've read or um, information that you've given in class. Uh, let's say families, uh, what families were like in the past, traditional families versus the modern day family of today. And they perhaps have already done some reading and discussion. And now they have to break up either into groups or as a class together, try to sort and organize the information into you know, the T formation, I, that's why I call it a T, but it was just for fun um, yeah. to put in what would be the past type of families and the present day kind of family. The past would be the traditional, um, you know, uh, mother, father, you know, and two children versus our modern day family that might uh, be much more blended and also the type of families that we have today that are, you know, not the type that we typically expect. And so they could be smaller, larger, same sex families. Um, the roles, you could even divide that up into the roles of what traditionally mothers and fathers used to take the role of versus present day, the roles of how mothers and fathers have changed. And so you can take anything that you're comparing and contrasting and putting into a T-bone. Uh, I it really, it's a comparison contrast chart. That's really what it is. I just made it fun by calling it T-bone. They can win something at the end, you know, not that they will win a T-bone steak, <laughs> but they can win a little prize at the end. And that is the completion of the information that's given to them. Uh, for the review, right, that they've understood how to compare and contrast properly using uh, forms, uh, formulas that have been given to them. You know, Super. Yeah, like the Venn diagram as well, a similar type of idea. It is, it yeah. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say that fathers parent more than, or you can say that um, children uh, have learned more or you know, the comparison contrast, that's really what you're right. looking at. Yeah, the ER and the EST. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, that's great. Okay, and your last one was teach someone? Teach someone, it was basically how-to skills. I mean, I think we all understand as teachers that the best way to evaluate 
our students and to help them to review for a test is to ask them to actually take what the information they have and place it in another situation. So how to play a sport, how to cook food, how to fix something, how to academically choose a college or university, how to search for authentic sources, study for a test or write a research paper. You know, those are just different ways in which we can teach someone. Um, and I'm looking more at the both the academic as well as non-credit you know, teachers who are looking for ideas on how you can um, allow your students to demonstrate what they've already learned. So I, I honestly believe that not everything I have is new. However, it's something that I'm trying most to practice in the class, wherever it is I go. Um, I think that's really important that uh, we do that. We keep, I guess you could say, improving ourselves. We keep improving ourselves in what we can do, you know, and I, I think that's the most important thing is that we improve ourselves in everything. Um, what is it? There's a quote that says, try not to be a teacher that compares yourself to others, but uh, to be a teacher that is better than yourself, your own self. <laughs> I like that. That's yeah, great. yeah. Yeah, and like you said, many activities we may be familiar with, but if we yeah. look at them as, as ways to do review as games in our classroom, and they're great for classes with low resources. So you don't, last month yeah. we were talking a lot about technology, and this is like low tech resources to be able to yeah. do in easy reviews at the end of any lesson, the end of a week, a unit, whatever you like. Yes, that's true. And I've chosen activities or review activities or games or learning activities, as you call it, in a way that will help both teachers that are in class teaching as well as online. And so those are the reasons why I chose those particular activities. Yeah. Excellent. That's great yeah. for all of our Thank listeners you. around the world. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rose. We really appreciate your time today. Okay. Thank you. Follow us on our website, ttelt.org, for prior and new upcoming podcasts, our Facebook, TTELT group, Instagram, at t.ttelt, and Twitter, at ttelt1. Thanks for joining us today. Mm -hmm.